You're listening to the Business of Pharmacy podcast with me, your host, Mike Kelzer. Well, hello, Chris and Evan. Thanks for joining us, guys. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having us on. Introduce yourself. Tell us your positions and tell us where you're from. Good morning, Mike. Uh, and uh, my name is Evan Keston, and uh, thanks very much for having us. I'm, I'm sales director for Range Ready Repellents, uh, and I'm originally from New York. New York. And Chris, um, tell us tell us your position at Range Ready. I'm the founder and CEO of Range Ready Repellents, and uh, uniquely grew up in Germany, which is one of the reasons why we use the active ingredient picaridin because it comes from Germany. So that's how I have my first exposure to uh, learning about ticks was way over in Europe. Very interesting. It's one of the things that drives our branding is the European sense of, of branding and uh, uh, reusability and, and uh, being able to sustain our, our model as opposed to, you know, putting stuff in landfill and things like that. So it's part of our mentality. Yeah, pretty amazing. Well, welcome, guys. Um, tell me, start off by talking about, I know a big part of the company is the chemical, not the DEET. Tell us about the chemical. What, what are we looking at here that I think is the major difference from everything we're seeing on the shelves? Well, I mean, I think uh, the first piece is, is uh, the reason why we brought it to this market and why we're bringing it to the forefront, because so many people didn't want to use DEET. And we, talk, we talked to thousands of people and we said we did a bunch of research and people are reluctant users of DEET. We, we use the term satisficing. You know, they're satisfy, satisfying themselves. They're not going to be bitten by ticks and mosquitoes, but they're sacrificing because it's a neurotoxin and it's ruining their equipment, et cetera. So it created this space for a better bug spray. And we went out looking around the world for a better bug spray. And we looked in Asia. We looked in Europe. We looked in, in Africa. We looked at the World Health Organization. We, we looked at Health Canada. We looked anywhere we could find uh, people who had a big need for bug spray. And we learned that the, the uh, active ingredient picaridin was developed in 1990 in Europe. And Picaridin was developed by the World Health Organization or for the World Health Organization by Bayer because they were looking to eradicate uh, malaria because mosquitoes had, had a huge jump in malaria uh, infections around the world. And so they developed Picaridin, which is a safe and effective alternative to DEET. And what it is, is it's a synthetic compound and it mimics pepper. And it's actually piperine. And many chemists will know the, the term piperine. And it's as a synthetic compound, and I was just reading uh, an article by a doctor who'd written that Picaridin is, is not only safer, it's more effective. It doesn't ruin your clothing. You can use it every day. It doesn't stain. It smells great because we can add uh, good fragrances to it. It's not greasy. It's not oily. It absorbs. And the, big, the main difference is that it absorbs at 6% into your skin as opposed to DEET, which absorbs at 18%. So it takes three full applications of DEET to cover you for 24 hours and only two of Picaridin because of the length of the efficacy. And so it has a lot of good properties that make it a really good uh, product to bring to start fighting vector-borne diseases, which, which is what we're about. Um, Chris, go back in your, go back in time. And, and the reason I I'm, I'm really interested, I always bring guests on that I just think I'd, I'd love to just sit and talk to you guys if we were, you know, driving through the, driving on the highway and so on. And, and what, what gets me interested is like, all right, that product now is sitting on our shelf and somehow, somehow there's a story behind that, you know, somehow it got here. And, um, and with your guys, when you, with your guys' website, a wonderful website, wonderful looking product. If you could, if you'd buy a book by its cover, I'd be buying your your repellent because everything about your your marketing and um, display looks wonderful. And I would look at that and I would say that took a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of thought getting that to this position. And so, Chris or Evan, what when did that start, and what did you? And I guess to Chris, what did this come from? What year was that that you said, I'm going to leave this that I'm doing and I've got the idea for this? What year was that? And what are, give me a little history on that. Well, I mean, I think the, uh, the journey for my partner, Ted Keston, and myself um, started probably 10 years ago, which, and we, we didn't even know each other at that point. And we were trying to figure out how to do something better, leave a better legacy, make a better product, make something that was meaningful to the next generations. And we didn't know what it was going to be. And we were both seeking out something that would do that. And I think 
The difference here is is that when we came and 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 what were you what were you at the time? I was were working you... in in a big corporation. I was working for VF Corporation. Okay. I was the chief marketing officer of a, a two oh, okay. of a two billion dollar you know sportswear group, including Nautica and big brands, and was running big marketing groups and had been doing acquisitions for the company for the past decade, and you know really a marketing professional and. Where the two of us came together uh, was uh, Ted is a chemist, and he's he's truly a, um, really understands the chemistry and understands how chemistry affects uh, what people wear and how scent and how that um, is very important uh, in how we bring products into the market. And the two of us came together with this kind of common goal. And what we originally uh, got together about was to figure out if we could figure out how to do a better citronella candle, if we could make a better a better where did you guys where did you guys come together from we had uh, we had done previous business I worked on an acquisition that I helped oh, sell and okay. uh, then we invested in another company together and then this was gotcha. our I, we'd done some work together on another company and then kind of we, we yeah, started kind of gotcha. working together and, and we okay. realized that you know we we, we had this unique uh, background which was um, his chemistry and his ability to have a chemistry background was unique and, and really amazing right. And then right. I had this brand background, and we brought these two together. And surprisingly, we, we're not even three years old. We, we started this journey uh, just over 30 months ago. Um, we got our EPA registration last January, so it took us about a year to develop it. And there's a bit of a story behind developing the product and Ranger Ready. And then, uh, and I'm sorry, you started with the citronella idea, you, th you thought? We thought we were going to do the citronella idea, but what we realized is we couldn't really make a better citronella because we could but it would affect the bee population and we didn't want to affect the bee oh. population. So that was not a good, a good mix for us. And as we learned along the way, there was a much bigger demand for, which is partly why we're doing this for people to be protected from Lyme disease and from tick-borne diseases. We're, we're at the epicenter of, of Lyme disease. That, you know, it's 50 miles up the road. My entire family, many of Ted's family, our dogs, our neighbors, you know, our, our kids, athletes, anybody, are being affected by Lyme disease and vector-borne diseases. And we just thought, why? Why are so many people being bitten? And we then realized, of course, that it was people are reluctant to wear repellent and they're reluctant to wear DEET specifically. And it's really the only remedy we have in this market, except in Europe, they don't have that problem. And we went to look and the number one active ingredient in Europe is the caravan. And that's why we're here today. And, we, and that took us about two and a half years. And we did a test in 2018. We, we had our first concept, you know, actually building a concept. And Evan is our, I think, fourth employee in the company. We're now growing up to 15. So things have moved quite quickly. But in this year, we, you know, we've, we've passed our thousands, thousand, 1,000 retailer and our 15,000 wow. consumer order. And we're getting a lot of feedback. And, you know, we're, we're, we're helping the main state wardens and the Massachusetts wardens and the Connecticut game wardens. And, we're shipping the military units and police units and utility companies. So now we're getting that true experience of people using our product every day and going, wow, this is great stuff. So it's, a, it's okay, been a great so, journey. All right. So it's 20 years since Bear invented this. And why why the 20-year delay in us seeing it on the shelves, is it? Are competitors already using this some, or or is or or why the twenty year delay? Well, you know, I think uh, it wasn't so much a twenty year delay; just uh, the conversation has changed. Um, the the Picardin was uh, EPA registered in two thousand five, so it's actually been available in the U.S. market um, for nearly fifteen years, and. Um, there are competitors who are, who are using Picaridin. The reality is, uh, is vector-borne illnesses haven't really become a national conversation topic. Oh, um, right. Uh, really, I guess 2015, 2016 was when it really sort of jumped to the forefront. Uh, you know, Zika was on everyone's mind. Yeah, um, gotcha. But not just Zika, you know. You know, obviously Lyme disease is is uh, kind of originated as a New England conversation, um, right? But um, the uh, the reality is, is people have contracted Lyme disease in all fifty states now, um, and uh, I, um, you know, I think that helped kind of accelerate the 
you know, inquiry into what products out there are available, what are doctors recommending in terms of protecting yourself. Um, you know, people are afraid to go outside in some places and, and you know, the, the conversation is, well, how do we get them back outside? And, you know, you speak to nurses, you speak to uh, primary care physicians, the number one thing everyone recommends is, is wear repellent. And you look on your shelves in 2016, the majority of repellents and what people uh, are familiar with it are products that contain DEET, and there's a there's a real kind of conversation about DEET. You know, some people yeah. are, you know have no problem wearing it, and 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 some people are looking for something different. So I think that's sort of what's allowed this this conversation to kind of amplify a little bit. Is, is yeah, that's true about that 2015 because I that's when the scares came out, and you thought, boy, is this uh, is this Zika gonna? You know, they, they have those movies from Hollywood like these things that take over the world and, you know, infections and, um, poison and stuff like that. Maybe, maybe I don't like to watch them from my pharmacy thing. I want something like a tidal wave or earthquakes or something. I don't, <laughs> I need something more exciting than, than, uh, you know, a, a germ or an infection. But yeah, that's certainly when it came up, a, a friend of mine's um, mother passed uh, in a couple years ago from it. So mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Why it's really, why it's really coming along now. I think, and Mike, I would add to that conversation what uh, what Evan has said. Uh, the third element, which is really important to hear, is that many uh, consumers, especially moms, gravitate towards the natural solution. You know, the mm. uh, the geranium oils and the, the cedar oils and the things, the essential oils and things like that. And you know, we spend a lot of time as experts talking to the CDC and we're talking to the health authorities and we're talking to experts around the country who are pretty clear in the message, which is um, naturals don't deter ticks. They're really great for backyard barbecue for kind of 90 minutes if you want to kind of stay safe from not getting bitten by a tick. But if you're going to wear a natural uh, uh, agent and expect that ticks, they don't care. They'll crawl right through it and crawl right over it. It's a little slimy for them, so they have to get around it. But other than that, it's yeah. really not. And I think that's one of the key notes that experts like us are trying to get out, which is you need to wear a repellent that's actually CDC recommended. And the, the, the CDC does recommend DEET, and they do recommend Picaridin, and they do recommend oil of lemon eucalyptus as the three main ingredients you can use. And they're all effective against ticks. Picaridin is the one that gives you the longest lasting and safest. But we, we recommend you don't turn to naturals as, well, I think I was wearing repellent because it gives you what we call a false sense of security. You really are not. You're not secure from vector-borne diseases. Yeah. I think the other thing that's happened, unfortunately, is the, is the number of con- cases of, of uh, people who are contracting Lyme disease right now has, has grown significantly in the past five years. You know, kind of interesting perspective would be uh, to know that there, there will be more people this year who will contract Lyme disease, who will be diagnosed with it, um, than will be diagnosed with breast cancer. And if you can kind of think about, um, you know, pe- people kind of un- understand the conversation about breast cancer. They probably know someone who's, who's dealt with it. And yeah, right. The same can be said now about Lyme disease. And I think when you kind of look at the numbers from that perspective, you can see that it's, it's part of the conversation now. Right. Right. So, um, so guys, is is the launch and the um, you know th- this this period is that going as expected? Is is it are, are your numbers what you want them to be? Are you getting any pushback, or is it kind of flowing as you thought it would be flowing? Well, it's actually we're we're launching according to plan. We've had a very deliberate plan as we launched and. One of the things we wanted to do was connect with consumers, and we have done that is, is better than I expected, actually. And if you take a look at Facebook, you take a look at Instagram, you take a look at um, the consumer reviews, and you, you look at on Amazon, wherever it may be, people are talking about our brand, and they're talking about repellents for the first time. So we, that area we're re- really very excited about. The other area that's made a big difference for us is that we wanted to um, – present the brand in a place where we could do consultative selling. And that's why we've been so successful in independent pharmacies, because the independent pharmacist who's mm. writing a doxycycline script this summer, of which, by the way, 600,000 doxy scripts are going to get written this summer, not all of them for Lyme disease, but many of them are. And I think part yeah. of that is being able to have pharmacists recommended, but really have pharmacists speak uh, to it properly. We're very excited to have uh, a new relationship with uh, Passport Health, for example, which is 
you know, the largest travel health organization and the nurses and the doctors there are explaining the difference between when you travel abroad and how you travel abroad, et cetera. So what we call consultative yeah. selling in the outdoor channel or the golf pro, somebody who can explain this to you has been one of our big steps. We've also been very strongly uh, getting to summer camps because uh, oh, yeah, we right. have this summer we'll, we'll just be short of 100 summer camps, but we'll spay, we'll spray upwards of 30,000 kids this summer with Ranger Ready and it's to teach the next generation that you have to wear repellent. You can't be really afraid of repellent. You have to actually wear it. And so that's part of our yeah, strategy. Right. So we, we, it's been actually, Mike, we've been right on plan. We're very excited not to be growing too quickly. We have been given um, the green light by some great folks like Cardinal Health and other pharmacies. Our pharma channel has been outstanding. Um, and we don't anticipate going into um, Walmart pharmacies or CVS pharmacies or Rite Aid or Walgreens or the larger chains, because we, we believe that establishing this brand at the community level with the pharmacist recommended level is where it belongs. And that's where we're going to stay for a while. What, um, what hurdles have you, because I want to, I, I promise the listeners of this show that I would, that I'll ask the questions that I would ask if we're sitting together in a car driving somewhere. Um, and, so here's the questions I would ask, and one of them would be, what hurdle what hurdle or setback have you faced, if any? Was there something that you thought would happen that didn't happen or didn't go didn't go to plan? I, I think um, Evan can talk a little bit on the on the sales side about you know, some of the hurdles of growing from you know tenfold. We've grown tenfold this year, and so we've had some some, wow, some growth that's great some growth uh, pains, but we've delivered every order, which I'm very excited about. And, that's and fantastic. I think, I, on the yeah. contrary to the hurdles, I think we, we really have we've had more opportunities than hurdles, and that's been the exciting part. And, All right, but what hurdles have you had? The, there's three letters. What 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 what's something what's something that you're like, oh, this didn't go, but maybe now it maybe now it goes. What, what's something that well, like the biggest issue, Mike, is that we've never launched a bug spray before, so that's a big hurdle in the first place. And it's three letters. It's called EPA. And, yeah. and we had to learn the ropes and they're actually very nice people. It, it works well, but we didn't, yeah. who anticipated a government shutdown and right. who anticipates that, you know, these, you know, the, 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 the talk studies that we're doing have to go through special, special processing and think, you know, it's all, it's all part of the process. Those are, that's a big hurdle. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, we obviously in the pharmacy, we're facing red tape from the government all the time. Mm. And so that's, that's a pain. Evan, what hurdles do you have? What, I mean, what, what do you come across that you thought might be, might be smoother and maybe it's not as smooth as you thought? And what have you learned from that? Well, I, I think one thing we were expecting to be there uh, was the need for education. So um, on, on the one hand, I don't want to consider that a hurdle because we knew we were going to, we, we needed to have a conversation about what Picaridin is, why Picaridin, um, <clears throat> anticipate that there would be, I guess, some defensive reactions, you know, people sort of defending DEET versus Picaridin. Oh, we, we don't uh -huh. look at it like that at all. It's not a, it's not a, a Picaridin versus DEET, you know, that's not our perspective. Sure. We're very much a pro repellent use company. So, you know, it was important for us to uh, quickly distinguish ourselves as, you know, you know, making sure that our message was clear. We want people to use, uh, as Chris said, CDC recommended repellents that are efficacious and have been proven safe and, you know, have a track record, you know, worldwide, frankly. Um, so, so a lot of, I think, uh, of the defensive nature um, in the conversations, but again, we were kind of expecting that uh, to to do go. People along. Get, yeah, do go people ahead. get defensive of saying? Do they get defensive saying like, "Well, Deet's Deet's doing a good job, and and you shouldn't be like trying to change it." It's like, well, we're not trying to change everything. You know, we want to we want to repel bugs, and this is another another option or something. What what did they get upset about when you like the Deet lovers? I mean. I think it's 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 that they are you know I, I can't get into their head you know that's that's one thing that's for certain they just say it they just think it's a good product and and why should we why should we test our bodies on something else well I mean I think they're speaking out and saying hey look I've been using this product for decades and it hasn't caused any yeah. issues so what the heck 
And one of the, yeah. one of the things that, in, you, know, you know, on the flip side of what are the big hurdles, there's some huge opportunities out there. So, for example, the Department of Defense, the DOD and the military, U.S. military last month approved the keratin for field use as a safe and effective oh. alternative to DEET. And it's because, oh. you know, when you have a $7,000 scope on top of a weapon or you've got a, a really expensive right. watch or geo finder or something and you spray yourself every day with DEET, one day you're going to spray the finder and it's done. And so they've learned that, and it's also if you wear it every day, and especially in heated conflict, conflict that um, deed is it, when it's mixed with sweat, it's very hard on your eyes and it goes in your mouth and it's horrible. Say that again, Chris. You you, you spray the finder. What is that? Well, they, they, they have a, they have a, they have a GPS finder. They'll have a they'll have a scope. Or they'll have something that. And, and if you yeah. spray, if you spray, it's a plasticizer. Deed is a plasticizer. So if you spray it on your iPhone, spray it on your on your watch, you spray it on your sunglasses, you spray it on anything. That's plastic. It will eat that plastic away. Oh, really? absolutely. And it, and it's unfortunate because the military, you know, they they they're in conflict zones where there's a lot of bugs. We had just recently we had 18 airborne um, security officers out of Peterson Air Force Base, uh, base take their canines with 400 bottles of Ranger ready to Africa for four months because they 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 know they need to protect their gear and their animals and themselves. So it's there's a transition going on from. Boy, I, I should use D. And, and I think the, the biggest hurdle, I think, that it's not really our hurdle, uh, Mike, yeah. I think the biggest hurdle we have in this entire journey is we would like to see less mosquito, tick, and vector-borne diseases in this country. It's rising rapidly. Yeah. And the biggest right. hurdle oh, yeah. the biggest hurdle is by far that your repellent is in your glove compartment. It's in the back of your car. It's in your golf bag. It's in the bottom of your shelf. It's not being used. And we realize that people aren't using it because they don't want to use it. And what we found with, with our product is people are starting to use their repellent regularly, and they're using it every day, and they're, they're not getting bitten, and they're going, wow, this is great. It's an alternative. And well, that's what we're saying. We don't have to be bitten. You don't have to stay inside, and you don't have to use DEET. And that's been our journey. But people got to take right, it so out of the bag. Here, here, here's my complaint. I'm, I, we have a we have a cottage on a on a small lake a half hour from here, and I've got a rule, a family rule that says nobody, nobody's allowed to put bug spray on, on the deck because it comes into my, um, my air conditioned uh, room, <laughs> where, where I'm sitting while everybody else is outside, and uh, because the. the uh, the stink of the of the spray comes in, and even if they spray themselves, they come in, and it's got that real perfumey spray. And let me throw this out at you. I I'm no expert. Let me let me just guess this. D do they make a deodorant free DEET? And the reason why this smells so much is because they have a hard time masking it, and so they have to put all this perfume or whatever into it. And and do you guys? Do you guys have non-smelling stuff? Because I I, I, I want to get rid of that smell so that I can enjoy my time in the wilderness in my air-conditioned enclosed room. No, I think then the scent zero is the perfect scent for you, Mike. And you're, there are many uh, many who agree with you. It's uh, it's our latest scent. Uh, it was introduced in June of 2019. We're really excited about it. Um, we now have four scents available: uh, Ranger Orange, uh, Amber Wood, which has a nice cedar note to it, and Night Sky. Um, you know, all of our, our our four scents are only one percent of the actual product. Really, what you're putting on your skin is is repellent. You know, twenty percent picaridin, which is the CDC recommended uh, uh, level. Um, you know, I I think the one thing I like also about our product is that our our spray nozzles is quite controlled. So you should be able to spray it directly on your body. It's not like a it's not an aerosol. There are no propellants in the product. It's not going to shoot all over the place. You're gonna you're gonna yeah. They're wait. I'm seeing 98% of that stuff flying through the air. Somehow I'm paying for it. I know, you right. know, when they go to the, um, is, is that just an, is that just packaging? I mean, could the DEET companies do that too? Or is there a reason why they need the propellant and so on? Well, I mean, I think what they do, Mike, is um, it's a choice. You, you're either going to buy a cheap can, if you will, and those cans are fairly cheap and you throw them, end up throwing them in a landfill. And in every one of those cans, there's aerosol, which is butane, isobutane, and that's what you spray on your skin. And that's about 20% of the can. And because of the design of the can, you throw 10% in the garbage. So about a third of everything that's in those cans is not useful to you as the consumer. 
And then the other part of that about our, our product is we developed a, a product that can spray 360 degrees and upside down so you can spray the back of your legs without aerosol. Oh, oh, oh interesting. And, now, do you, guys, do you guys have an aerosol product no. or is it or not? What, why do the DEET why do the DEET companies do they have to use aerosol? No, or? they have both. They they have both, and they choose to because consumers are lazy. Frankly, it's you know it's oh. they, you know they can buy a cheap DEET from China. They can buy a cheap can, put it in the you know and sell it for six ninety nine, and you can push the button and yeah. you can spray it in all the air conditioners you want. You, you can you can spray it and 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 you you, you kind of feel like you're kind of walking through the mm-hmm. uh, the the mist of it. So if I've got um if I've got like a DEET um, non-smelling one, if there is such a thing, and and the Ranger Ready Picaridin one that's non-smelling. Do, 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 does the do, does the Picaridin have a, a benefit? Is one of them like a stronger one that has to be masked at all? Or go ahead, Evan. That's a good question. Yeah, I'm, I've never tried to mask the scent of deep personally, and you know, um, you know. I, my my background is uh, is is from the the fragrance and flavors world. You know, I, I worked closely with Ted, who's uh, who's my father, and you know, our family has been in the fragrance generation, uh, in the fragrance business. Excuse me for four generations. Um, we've never tried to to commingle scent with with uh, with with DEET. Um, we know that um, you know we're very pro scent. We 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 know that there are a lot of um, desirable, you know, aspects of introducing fragrance to the product. Uh, you know, for us, it was an experiential decision, right? We really wanted to make sure that, uh, people enjoyed wearing insect repellent every day. And I think Chris really made a great point in terms of, you know, really changing the mindset in terms of how important daily use now is. In All right. This. But back, back, but, but back to that question though, which one is, if I'm wearing a non-scented one, sure. am I going to, am I going to be yelling? If I buy your product non-scented, am I still going to be yelling at my kids to tell them to move over? Cause I can still, it's, it's really strong still. Or do you guys think you have something better than that, than that, perfumey we do stuff. we do mike you yeah. do you think yes well better. we know we do we, what we've done is we, you yeah, do. and what we've done is is picaridin is odorless anyway and deet does have an oh it, yeah, is. it is so picaridin itself is odorless and then and deet does have a smell deet to does it. have a smell to it and then gotcha. the fragrance that we've injected into our into our formula and, and developed for our formula has been around um using premium scents and we've been very very selective in how we bring these scents to market and the, the scent zero product it has no scent at all it's designed to have really it has no scent at all you wow. can smell your arm and then spray it on and you have to wait about i don't know a minute or so afterward and you you smell it smells like your arm and what we've done is we, we no no I, I i'm not trying to get you guys to bash deep no. but if deet is there a way to spray that on and does that smell is that why they're using so much perfume possibly to do that or deep does have an underlying odor but they've you know they've been using you know kind of relatively cheap scents and they put it in a big butane can oh. and they you know psh, they spray it out the door as quickly as they can and, 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 it, and, and gotcha. what we're doing is bringing a premium experience you know and i think it's yeah. the difference between you know driving a, 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 a kind of a car that's you know not as good as we'd like it to be and a car that's kind of the next generation which has the bells and whistles like a, an upside down spray or good scent and not greasy. And, and, and in fact, it's what is driving consumers in Europe to wear repellent. And that's why we know we can change the experience. Why do you guys think like, like I know that the bug spray sits in the bottom of the, the golf bag for, for a lot of different reasons, not really any having to do in my mind for me with like whatever deep problems might have, you know, with sinking into your skin and all that. For me, it's like the smell. I don't want to maybe get it into my eyes. I don't like that perfumey and all that kind of stuff. And so, so th- those are all the things you're, you're working around. Like you say, with your different canisters and smells and all that stuff. So, well, we, I mean, we, our goal, Mike, is to have, um, to be the brand of choice for park rangers, for military, for um, anybody who has to be a first responder, a landscaper, people who work in utility companies, people who wear our product. We have a hundred PGA caddies wearing our product right now on the tour. 
Yeah, I saw that was a nice yeah. connection on your website. I really like that, how you guys did well, that. Well, it's people who have to, these guys go in off the, in, in the tall grass looking for balls all day, and you're going to get bitten by ticks and mosquitoes. And one of the things we try and explain to people is, is that you have to put it on in the morning and wear it all day. And I think one of the, to your point, which is biggest obstacles, I just forget about it. I didn't do it. I didn't think about it. And, oh, yeah. And I right. think there's also a very large contingent of people, just like people who want to use natural. We call it the adolescent attitude. It's just, it's never going to happen to me. It's just not going to yeah. happen to me. I, why would I wear a seatbelt? You know, it's not going to, I'm not going to have an accident, you know, and people don't realize that, you know, it, over time that it is going to happen to you because the numbers aren't in your favor. The number of ticks and uh, migrating birds and rabbits and deer and uh, raccoons and squirrels and mice, they all carry ticks. So you're, yeah. you're, you're more likely to get Lyme disease within a mile of your home, walking to your mailbox, for example, or having your dog come into your house than you are on going on a 10 mile hike or, experiencing something something up at the cabin yeah that's interesting that's interesting um how do you guys as a company how do you guys communicate through with each other as you're growing your company do you guys um do you guys use um a, a certain computer um program to work on your projects and so on or are you um or are you on your phones or emails a lot? Or how are with with such rapid growth? How do you guys keep in touch? Or is it phone meetings or what? A lot of Zoom, a lot of FaceTime. a lot of Zoom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of uh, yeah. You got to check in, you know. And and we've 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 all the technology, you know, that you're kind of accessing, we're accessing, and you know, we have to. Yeah. And, uh, uh, we're we're ha- having conversations in all different parts of the country right now, you know, trying to you know, educate people. I mean, I think one of the things that makes a big distinguishing difference for us is, um, A, we have a really good facility. And, and in a second, I'll, when we're done, I'll give you a little tour of the facility uh, visually because yeah. it's pretty fun. Um, the other part yeah. is, is that um, we, we leverage technology. The suite, the technology suite that we use is world-class. And I've worked at world-class companies, you know, $15 billion companies. Yeah, right. And we rent the technology, which used to cost millions of dollars in the past. And you used to have to have IT guys and blah, 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 and lots of, lots of infrastructure. We spend about $3,000 a month, $35,000 a year renting suites of technology to connect our internet, to connect our ERP system, to connect our shipping, to connect with ShipStation, connect to the post office, to QuickBooks. It's all done through an ERP system, frankly, that comes from New Zealand. You know, it's a couple of guys in New Zealand who have figured out how to make a better operating system. And it's a good thing, you know, yeah. and, and I think what we've been able to do is make a small company. And we, we actually don't have outside sales reps at this point. We just have a small inside sales team. We're, we're still just 10 people growing to 15. And we're, we're, yeah. we're making phone calls and going to trade shows. And that's how we do it. Yeah, it's it's amazing how much, you know, how, how much you can. Yeah, it's just amazing, you know, how you can stay in touch and really cover the world with with, you know, 10 guys and 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 some equipment. So that's that's um that's really something. What are your guys um if if you could if you could both eliminate something from your day, what's the part of the day where you say now Evan, you can't say talking to customers, I know. So that's, I know you can't, especially in front of Chris and in front of the listeners. But what part of the day do both you in your business day say, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. You know, is it meetings, emails, you know, travel? What, 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 what part do you personally, each of you personally don't, don't care for? I'll let you go first, Chris. <laughs> and, and Evan, don't say dealing with Chris because you can't say you can't say meeting with well, Chris. I mean, we, we're fortunate. We're having a really good run together as a team, and it, it's really fun to have exponential growth like this, and and have customers yeah, who are happy, and people calling on the phone and saying, "I want to buy your stuff." And I think the, the yeah, that's the cool. Biggest, I, I'd say the biggest err for me is, is really at the end of the day, we finish shipping around four thirty. And I, I really want to go ride my bike and make sure I can exercise. And there's, you know, it's it's kind of gets left at the end of the day. And sometimes I don't get out to do it. And sometimes we still have work to do. So that's the thing that's missing. Yeah. And that it gets kind of short ended. And I think as a team, we found that if we all exercise and keep healthy and while we go through this run, it's kind of, it's a big growth spurt. And as we go from shipping, you know, 10 packages a day to hundreds of packages a day, you get, you, it, it's wow. a stretch. And so I think that for me, the, I wish I had more time to exercise and do that part just to stay fit for to do this. That's neat. That's a neat answer. How about you, Evan? What what um, what what's a headache in your day? That's a great question, Mike. Um, you know, I, I think 
we are we have a really good strategy and we're on strategy and we're we're moving down the line so i think you know sometimes we we want to get there quicker than yeah. we do and you know so we have to impatience and we have to remind ourselves that we got to you know sit back and 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 make sure we do all the little details make sure all of our data and our information is is yeah right is, is uh is synced up and um you know i think just you know make make sure we're organized and and uh yeah and that, right that takes discipline so you know as with any sort of job the, the daily discipline and and not just job it's you know uh, any, any routine, you know, yeah, right. You, you gotta just, you gotta do the, do the, do the, the not so fun. Yeah. You gotta, you, yeah. you gotta get, well, just like, just like my little project here with the podcast is this, this part's fun, but the, the part about, you know, organizing this or putting this in the right folder, you don't really feel like doing it right then. But in, if, if you don't, you, you give yourself a little bit of a headache later the next day or whatever. Yeah. And I don't mean to sound like a salesman here, you know, but like talking to customers as you were joking, you know, that's, that's the fun part, you know, that's, yeah, right. it's, it's actually, it, it's, it's very, everyone has been bit by a mosquito you know it's a very easy yeah, conversation sure. to have yeah it's an easy conversation yeah. that's right you were saying well, I, I mean i think the one thing we're, we're really dedicated to, uh, to having is satisfied customers and so we're trying to grow yeah. at a pace where all of our customers are satisfied and if you talk to our retailers you know i don't think we've we have one who's upset because they didn't get a package or something didn't arrive and if there's something that right. some blip that happens we take care of it. and i think that's been my biggest part of growth is, is as we grow tenfold and we're probably likely to do similar this year we want to be we want to be mindful that happy customers are much better than ones than adding more customers yeah, yeah right the return well you know the, I, I was just saying i was just uh, lamenting the the situation in a lot of um uh community pharmacy now is is it's been just a and and evan you had you had brought up before we were talking here about your guys is is one of the things to bring you know customers um, back in and so on with with cash sales and that, but we've we've either been for the last uh, you know ten eleven years kind of on the defensive, and your the the happy moments seem to be times when you you didn't you know lose as much money or didn't have as much red tape as the day before or something like that. So we're we've been missing um and 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 personally and that's why I I'm always looking at changes in my life because we've been I personally have been missing a lot of the the wins that that you guys experience. And my win is still you know, enjoying the customers, my team, putting food on the table, that kind of stuff, but not having those bigger wins in the company, which when, when I talk to you guys and, and I hear that, it's like, oh yeah, that, that is a part of business, isn't it? You know, you know, growing and things like that. We just haven't, we just haven't seen it in a while. So, so you are a breath of, um, if, if that can rub off on customers a little bit, uh, Evan, as you were saying of, um, you know, giving them tiny wins along the way. I'm sure that's appreciated. You know, I, I really think community pharmacists are as trusted now as they've always been. And I, what you know, I've I've been exhibiting and speaking with with uh, independent pharmacies for over you know a year now. And uh, I, what I can now talk, you know, I can have a conversation about DIRs and PBNs with the best of them. I think. Um, and but to, <laughs> you probably have an ear. You're probably an expert on that. But but what I know, I mean, it's. It's tr- it's a, it's a real challenge that that's being faced right now. But but I also think that you, you as a uh, you know as as a storefront are really well positioned to introduce new and innovative products, um, especially front of store and over you know over the counter products that um, are resonating with with the communities. And and I think you know once once we start to you know get into the nuts and bolts of, of what our product can do for you, a lot of pharmacists are saying, yeah, this makes sense for our front of store. Just like you know, a CBD oils are, are taking off mm-hmm. in a lot of community pharmacies. But it's it's that sort of innovative thinking and, and, and not from a business standpoint only, but just from a health and wellness standpoint, you know, what's out there for our community that we can get into their hands. And, 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 you know, the, the, the pharmacist is just perfectly positioned to have these conversations, you know, with, with its, its clientele. And, and I think, you know, those, those pharmacies that are, that are, 
really embracing that role in the community, I, I think they're still enjoying a lot of success or reinventing themselves. You know what I mean? Or reinventing. Yeah, exa- yeah. exactly. You had mentioned, um, Chris, about about the shipping and Evan. What? Um, and I know this is probably changing, of course, as you start getting into you know Cardinal and stuff. What percent are you shipping? Like out of a hundred, out of let's say a hundred percent, you know, some's going to go to Amazon, some's going to go to individual stores. I imagine some's going to go to the wholesaler. I don't think you maybe do much to individual customers. What percent are you like? When you're shipping out, what percent goes out to whom and so on? It's, that's a good question. It, we're different probably than most brands. So most brands and typical brands that you would see, you know, they ship probably 85 or 90 or even 95% of their product to a distribution center or a wholesaler or yeah. um, right. they sell it to a big customer like a Walmart or a Lowe's or something like that. And we're completely different. So we sell about 50% of our product uh, directly to consumers. So yeah, oh, we do. have about half of our revenue comes from consumers and we have a very robust Amazon business and a robust rangerready.com business. And that's part of our. And, and Chris, are, when you say individual, so, so a lot of the packages going out are going to Mrs. Smith on main street. That That's where it's hundreds and hundreds of right? them. Yeah, absolutely. It's, really? Wow. It's all over the country. And, and it's, it's because, you know, folks in Michigan, for example, Michigan and Wisconsin are a hotbed of Lyme disease. And so we, it, okay. they light up on our maps like, you know, big green and red Christmas trees with uh, heat maps. Yeah. And I think and right. then the other part of our business is um, is with premium wholesale. So we sell directly to pharmacies. We sell directly to golf shops. We have 20 okay. resorts, for example, that use our product. Uh, sea Island and Georgia, yeah, right. uh, Killington and Vermont, you know, Greenbrier. And, and, yeah. and then we have a business that's growing and we're very excited about it that it's growing, which is directly to businesses. So. We sell to utility companies. We sell to camps. We sell to military units. We sell to um, golf courses who are using it for their uh, for their landscapers, uh, landscaping businesses. It's people who have realized that if you run a utility company and you have you know call it a hundred linemen, eight of them are going to be bitten this year and going to be out for most of summer for for being bitten by ticks. So why not wear repellent? And that's what they're kind of getting to at this point. Yeah. Do you see that? Um, I don't. I don't. I don't know anything about this. Do you see yourself as continuing that distribution, or at some point, do you do you see yourself saying we want to get better at this, invest in this, and so on? Or at some point, does a a shipping a, a distribution company take over and do all those? all those things you mentioned, or is that something that you guys like grow in your own building and so we on? are a distribution company and we are an internet company and we are a brand company and we are gotcha. so these things. And one of the reasons that, that we do what we do um, and probably our system is different than many others, which is whatever we do, we do ourselves. Our product is produced 300 yards down the road. We buy all the raw materials. Oh, wow. It's all bottled by a, a manufacturer who we are contracted with and and then we ship every single bottle from our distribution center ourselves. We inspect every wow. piece of product because it's part of building a brand that's premium. And every package that goes yeah. out of here has a special note in it. It gives you instructions on how to apply the repellent, et cetera. So it's about oh, cool. kind of stepping it up a little bit, making sure that if you talk to your pharmacist, he'll tell you or she'll tell you, or you get in a box, right. we'll tell you. It's, it's about helping consumers get it to the point. So that's what's different about our company is that we're really pulling in. We have... I don't know, maybe a dozen how-to videos and what to do for tick bites in the summer, how to apply, how to travel with repellents, yeah. anything you can do to get better better at understanding how to protect yourself. What What's the um, like? I imagine like you don't make your own you don't make your own plastic bottle, right? And and like the does the product come in? already completed by somebody you're having that made in mass somewhere no, we make it ourselves so what we t- we we purchase the bottles we purchase the labels we purchase the sprayers we purchase everything from the united states most of it comes from connecticut and then what about the the solution yeah, well itself? the active is ingredient that... is made in germany it uh, comes directly from a plant in germany and it's uh and we purchase it in big metric tons they're big totes they look oh really they look uh, like is that powder? No, it's in a liquid form. It comes in either in drums. It, it, and then you 
and then you put the correct combination together in, bottle, in filler or whatever. We bottle hundreds of wow. thousands of bottles of it. That's what we do. We, we, we mix it together. We put the labels on. We inspect it. And it's all EPA registered. Everything is uh, you know regulated by the EPA. Wow. So we develop all that and make sure that we're compliant as well. So you're mixing it. You, you've got the main product coming in as liquid, but you're mixing it then with either solution or, or the yeah. scents or the different Absolutely. stuff like that. We wow. have a big uh, 5,000 liter drum. They're big barrels and, wow. and uh, steel vats and stainless steel vats. And then we bottle it here and then we, we distribute it. We pick it up and we distribute it all over the country. We do not sell internationally because it requires separate registrations. But everything comes from this small warehouse, which is uh, it's a remarkably uh, it's a small business and only uh, 5,000 square feet. We ship a lot of product out the door. You're, you're, you're 5,000 square feet. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's not. That's not real big. Pretty tall ceilings as well, you know. So we have it's a warehouse. But I got you. You know, we should, we're very efficient. We don't we waste nothing. We're very efficient in how we maneuver our product and put it on the floor so that we can ship that with just two uh, two people. You know, it's, it's part of our strategy. Wow, yeah. that's something. Um, Evan, as as we start to wind down here, tell the listeners how let's say it's you know f- pharmacists or people related to pharmacy, what's going to be their next step. To, to 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 get something on their shelf. How, where do they start? What's the best way for them to start that process? Yeah, I think the the best way is is to uh, to reach out. You know, I start uh, at our at our website at rangeready.com. Uh, you can email us directly, and it'll end up uh, if it, if it's a pharmacy, it ultimately will will end up uh, you know uh, on my desk, and and then uh, you know I think it's helpful to have a conversation, and we have these great. Uh, point of purchase displays that uh, hold, uh, you know, 18 units and a variety of our scents. And it's uh, there's a lot of uh, marketing on the display that helps kind of tell the story of, of the keratin and what we're protecting against and, and you know, what diseases we're, pre- we're preventing. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really simple. And, and, you know, our minimums are, are just that, you know, a small pre, uh, preloaded case like that or, or even a smaller 12-pack. That's cool. All right. So, um, Evan, I'll start with you. If, if you're, if you're not allowed to work for a year there and you, and, and Chris demands that you take a paid sabbatical, what do you do for a year right now in your life? It can't be anything to do with this company. A month ago, I would have had a great answer, but my wife and I and our two little girls just moved into a house and, uh, ah. and, uh, it requires a lot of, um, uh, of work right now. So, uh, yeah, we're getting a lot of, so you're home, a lot of water you're home on your honeydew list. Yeah. Yeah. We, we're getting a lot of water in the basement and, and, uh, oh. I would, I would spend a, a lot of time making sure that I, my, my two little <laughs> girls have a, a fun, fun place to grow up. That's what I would Yeah. Do. Good for you. How about you, Chris? You can't touch the business for a year. What are you going to be doing? You know, it's funny. The, the, the success of Ranger Ready has given, I think both, uh, Ted, my partner and myself, um, hankering to invent more products and, and, and find new things that are different. And my, my, um, you know, as the inventors of Ranger Ready and it's our first kind of little success, it feels right. Gee, we'd love to do this again. We're not quite sure what that looks like, but we have enough tinker and curiosity and interesting projects in the works to, to kind of do that. So if I could get Ranger Ready going, I might be able to take a year off and do something similar to this. So that's one of the pieces. Wow. That that's really cool to feel that win and to do that. Do you would would you do you think you would do something like liquid based again, like application based again, or would, or are you sick of that and you would try a whole nother thing? It's an interesting. It, it's trying to solve another problem, and you know we see we see problems with right. odor, we see problems with application, we oh. see problems with usability of safety devices, we see problems in bacteria on hands. There's so many pain points of people passing germs. And, you know, our formula is we can make a better bug spray. We can make a better something else. And that's what we're kind of, that's what our mindset is, is how can we eliminate these pain points of people that have been having this for a long time? And it's, it's kind of, you know, P and G figured out how to do swifter. It's just, it's a kind of, it's the, it's their, it's our model as well, which is how do we find something that maybe just people could be solved with. And that's what we're working on. Yeah. And and there's so much, and there's so much that, you know, like, you know, the things you mentioned, you're probably going to have to cross the EPA again. You're going to have to, you know, do packaging. You're going to have to, you know, do that. So so the, the next one will be a cinch. Well, the, the, 
They won't even need you, Evan. Chris will go on this on the sales road. It'll be so well, easy. I'll tell you the downside. Chris is, is already on the road with me. Let me tell you, he's. <laughs> it's that's we're we're all out there talking talking Ranger ready repellents for yeah. sure. Well, and I'll tell you the, the one yeah, thing that cool. it does require capital, Mike, and we're, you know we're out raising money now. Oh and yeah. And we're talking to investors, and we're even talking to possibly raising money on an open market because. It does take capital. And these ideas are wonderful until somebody says, how much does it cost to actually become number one and really enter the market? So we're in this for the long haul. We're building a five-year company that will get us to number one. And it is, it yeah. is really capital that partly gets in the way of, of, of building a bigger business. Oh, yeah. What, what, are the biggest, um, what are the biggest needs of capital like to grow at from where you are now, Chris? What's the biggest need of capital it's human capital it's it's getting oh human to get we, more people well and then we have to pay their salaries and get the right people on board so there's the investment in people gotcha and then we invest almost 100 percent of our margin in marketing already so we take every gotcha. dollar we make we reinvest in marketing so it's really about deploying that that those resources as we grow and as we have more sales we're deploying more resources and that's really where our resources are going it's around building the Oh, th awareness. thank you for thank you for filling me in on that because I was thinking like a lot of people, a lot of us on the outside are thinking. Well, let's see. You've w once you turn the the liquid and the plastic into a sale, that's only you know two or three weeks apart or the same. You know, but but yeah, it, it's the people. It's the it's it's that the marketing. Kind of, it's, it, the marketing it's new registrations marketing. with the EPA. It's you know it's it's building that uh, true proper leadership in the repellent business. And it takes capital. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. And then, and then the um, the, the capital would that be a? And this is probably too too private, Chris. But just let me give me some direction. Would that be where you're where you're getting an investor and paying that back to them, or do they become part of the owner of the company? It can be either. Um, we're actually looking at um, folks who are interested in loaning us money to invest in inventory and building and that type of stuff. We also have folks who are looking at uh, making equity investments in us, both as small investors and as more substantial investors as we grow. And um, right now we're a family company and we've remained a family investment company. So we have no outside large investors and it's really about people coming yeah. on board and believing in our product. And frankly, pharmacies like who folks who listen to your uh, podcast, they're investing in us every day by taking our product and growing with us every day. And that's the investment yeah. like Cardinal Health is making with us and Epic Pharmacies and Thrifty and anybody else who's out there. Yeah, right. Part of it. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. Well, thanks so much, guys. It was a pleasure talking with you, uh, Chris and Evan. I really appreciate it. And uh, the listeners, uh, I know, appreciate you letting me dig a little bit into your uh, in, into your stuff there. And so I'm going to stop the recording here in a second, and I want to take our tour, and maybe someday we'll, um, the podcast will be a vodcast, I guess they call it, or a videocast, and, and we'll, we'll bring others along for that too. But for now, we have to leave the, the listeners behind. So thank you all for listening, and thank you again, thank, guys. Thanks for having us. And uh, we'll, we'll hope to talk to you talk to you again and best wishes on everything. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you. You've been listening to the business of pharmacy podcast with me, your host, Mike Kelzer. Please subscribe for all future episodes.